Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about issues weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, and I talk about issues that come up for people when fatness intersects with sexuality. I'm Trevor Kizan, and I'm a fat gay writer, and I'm the best little podcast boy. <laughs> He's very good at it. I'm Michael Willer. I am a chaser, and I'm a writer, director, editor, and uh, I didn't think of anything clever to say. So, Don? Never stopped you before. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really has. <laughs> I'm Don. I am a uh, big chubby guy here in sunny Hollywood, and I am still a very sleepy boy today. I cannot seem to wake up. It's the pancakes. It's the pancakes. We made homemade blueberry pancakes right before this. So. Well, we had to because we are celebrating our first session in our new official recording studio. It's true. Yay, we are. So if it sounds <laughs> terrible right now, that's why. This is our new home. I put well, a lot of... Michael's new home. It's my new home too, yeah. Mm-hmm. So our first topic today, um, it's something that came up... Uh, it's come up a few times uh, with Jillian Michaels, but uh, recently she uh, decided that she wanted to weigh in on the whole Lizzo discussion and particularly about her weight and uh, how unhealthy she thinks it is. And she made some comments and then she tried to sort of retract them. But I think Trevor has the exact quote. If we yeah. start well, um, with I mean, hold on. Let's do a little background on Lizzo first for people. If, if in case someone in listening doesn't know who she is. Okay. Uh, okay. If you don't know who Lizzo is, <laughs> stop listening to the podcast and just go Google Lizzo, watch her at the VMAs, dancing and singing behind a giant inflatable butt. And it, it's can the I only just... thing I ever wanted in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant living emoji. So I will say. But she's a large singer who's embraced her body and actually made it a part of her act mm-hmm. and a part of her public persona. I, I happen to I've know. I've never seen before. We have our, our statistics on Spotify and I happen to know from looking at them that they tell you what our listeners also like to listen to. And Lizzo is for sure in one of the top five of that category. Oh, really? So, yes, people, our listeners listen to Lizzo. They okay. know who she is. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Jillian Michaels. Um, she was on the uh, BuzzFeed Morning Show, which is on Twitter. Who is Jillian Michaels? Jillian Michaels is one of the former hosts of The Biggest Loser. Oh, like a personal fitness expert. Yes. Okay. With a long history, even apart from that show. Um, yeah. And used to be fat and had a lot of weight issues and body issues. But she fixed all that when she lost the weight and became a personal Did trainer. she? So I tried to look this up, actually. Did she used to be fat, fat? She no, said she was I a mean, fat kid, but I mean, people say that. She was a fat kid in the sense that her father told her she was fat. Ah. Uh, but so she has a new book out. She was on the uh, BuzzFeed morning show, AM to DM. Mm. And um, the the host was kind of asking her about body positivity and what are like asking her to weigh in on it. Uh, and specifically, um, she mentioned Lizzo. And on Lizzo, Jillian Michael said, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? Why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it's not going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Right. And, they and, she, it- and her tone, by the way, when she said it, she got very... Uh, vindictive like yeah. her, she she was she was offended that we would even talk about Lizzo I mean Lizzo makes it part of her whole persona is is part of accepting her weight and, and, flaunting and loving weight. yourself and, and that yeah. is exactly what Jillian Michaels is fighting against because she has this healthist attitude that fat equals death and how can you celebrate that mm-hmm. but so, I mean was she pro her music in, the, in that quote oh, yeah. I'm a little no she she loves her music but why can't we just you know ignore the fact that she's terribly unhealthy and why isn't and if you're going to talk about her body you have to pitch that in and it's it's a basic tenant of of healthists that you are responsible for your own health and it is your obligation to be healthy and they define being unhealthy as being fat well and more than that 
So let's assume for a second that Jillian Michaels is right. Being fat equals unhealthy, which is incorrect. But let's, for the sake of argument, let's say that she's right. Her thing is, you know, why can't we just talk about the music? But who cares? Like, if if you really think she's unhealthy, why do you still have to comment on it? Is that still necessary? And the music is about embracing your body regardless of its size. I mean, that is her whole message is loving yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's just to say, oh, well, can we just not talk about how fat she is and just focus on the music? It's 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 just like mind boggling. It's like, do you even yeah, like have you actually heard her music? Part of the statement of the music is about her body. Yes. Lizzo is currently on a hiatus from Twitter because right after the, I mean, she's been trolled, harassed constantly on Twitter, but after the uh, Jillian Michaels thing, there was a huge spike and she's like, you know what? I'm out. Like I'll be back at some point, but just, I, yeah. I yeah. need to step away from this. Well, yeah. I, had, I mean, I had, I think I told you briefly, I, I had an interesting experience visiting my father where uh, Lizzo was a guest host on SNL and performing and while she's up there dancing, my dad is two feet away from me going like, it's disgusting. And he's, just, he's fine saying that in front of me. It's a little weird that... If somebody else besides your dad came up to you in front of your dad and called you some horrible fat slur, mm-hmm. what would he think? I think... I, I mean, I do think my dad would defend me. Mm. I do, but... What a lot of parents do, do and I've seen this done is you know the kid and it's usually when that happens it's usually in a, in a uh, parent-child situation where because that's why your parents are there and someone will say something terrible to the kid and the parent's response is often well if you lost weight that wouldn't happen oh yeah Oy. i i also think it's very interesting uh the the, the comparison to adele has to be made right mm-hmm. where when adele came out she was it was noted that she was a larger woman people but, were celebrating adele size but like in contrast to Lizzo, Adele was never, she was just trying to be a singer and exist as fat. It was never really part of her brand. It was kind of thrown upon her brand because like this, look at this new thing. She's fat and she sings. Which is not, I mean, that's fairly common for like sort of diva female singers I mean, to it's be. it's the stereotype, right? Be like big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the great singers are supposed to be fat. That's that's the way it's been for all time. In but Western as soon culture. as you embrace it and make it part of your message, that's where we start objecting. Yeah. Well, and I also think, you know, we're in a different time now. When we talk about singers are always big, you know, you're referring to the 19th century and opera. And, you know, if you think of opera singers, you think of Jesse Norman, who well, was huge. I even mean, people like Aretha way. Franklin. I mean, yeah, you, not small. Yeah. Or Jennifer Holliday. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Holliday. Jennifer Hudson, who then lost weight. And Hudson. she's one. Was it Weight Watchers that Jennifer has her? Hudson. Yeah. Or is it somebody else? Or sorry, um, WW. Yes. <laughs> um, now it has to be said, Adele had a massive weight loss. Very. Which she, over the over the holidays, she was in the, tab- the tabloids. And at first people are like, oh, you go, Adele. Look, she's so skinny and she's thriving. And then there are pictures of her at the beach with like, she was at, at the beach with Harry Styles. Uh, which Right. And people were like, oh, no, she's now she's too thin. <laughs> right. And she I mean, she looks kind of like Emily Blunt now. Yeah, it's um, weird. It I is didn't, unusual. Really? Yeah, she really does. She uh, oh when I saw the pictures, I'm like, that's not Adele just because it's so she also had kind of like a more of like a little bit of a goth vibe. And it was these black and white photos of her at some event. But I, I think the important takeaway is that in the media and in diet culture, your body is always wrong. Right. It is always wrong, even if it is great, because couldn't it be better? Well, you can't profit off someone who's happy with themselves. Well, but it's it's more than just that, because it's people like your dad, too. Hmm. 
you know, it's it's not just if you have something to sell someone. It's also just in the diet culture in this uh, in this age where thinner is better unless you're too thin. And and we're going to be the arbiters of that. You don't get you know, you're just living in the body, but it's really our business and you're just the victim of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like Jillian Michaels is a perfect example of somebody who capitalizes on that. Um, and she came back and she said, what did she put on Twitter after all of this? Like oh, she made more. her, oh, there's more. She made her initial statement on the Buzzfeed morning show. And then she came yeah. back on Twitter and, and never apologized. She didn't apologize, but she's trying to step it back. Like, oh, well, no, it's like trying to make it into a positive. Right. She wants her to thing. love her body. I am. So <laughs> she was trying to love her body, but like in a healthy way. But I have some. I mentioned uh, last episode, your fat friend. Mm. Uh, so uh, she shared this on Twitter and it's some of the quotes from Jillian Michaels from the biggest loser. Oh, right. Um, a selection of some of the best things she screamed at people when they're, you know, struggling. Yeah. Um, I don't care if people die on this floor. You better die looking good. <sighs> um, I'm proud that I made him vomit. Mm. If you don't run, I will pull Alex on the floor and I will break every bone in his body. I don't care if one of your legs falls off or if your lung, one of your lungs explodes. The only way you're coming off this damn treadmill is if you die on it. And and this really exposes the lie of healthism because it's not about being healthy. It's about passing for healthy. And a really good example of that is who is that personal trainer on The Biggest Loser? Bob, Bob Harper. Bob Harper. Yeah. Bob Harper, you know, really hot, fit man who, you know, had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Fix, who, you know, uh, unless you're of a certain generation, you may not realize Jim Fix almost single handedly started the craze for running in this country. Uh, he ran across America. He lost a ton of weight. He stopped smoking and he was the poster child for running and fitness. And he died of a heart attack. <laughs> it, it's so again, it's not really a matter of being healthy. It's really about posing for healthy. Right. That's what this is usually about. And since fat doesn't look healthy in this particular prejudice, well, it's it can't stand. And that's what gets criticized. Well, and they've looked at. So, you know, once again, the biggest loser, um, they've looked at following the people afterwards. And there was an article in The New York Times showing that just how badly damaged people were from being on the show, like because it f***ed up their metabolism. So many of them gained back even more weight than they lost because just the the way the show is structured it destroys your metabolism your metabolism yeah and and that's what i meant last time when i said that the best recipe for weight gain is dieting because what happens is when you go on a restrictive when you, when you restrict the body it's going to lower the metabolism and so as they pointed out in that times article this one man like if he eats more than like 1200 calories or something ridiculous he's going to gain weight because he's lowered his metabolism to such an extent mm. And that, I mean, that's for the show itself. That's great because you don't see that part. You see him lose the weight mm -hmm. on the show yep. and they, that's he what they get to He doesn't exist after the finale. Yeah. And yeah. then the show ends and who cares what happens? Well, and the premise of that particular reality show, again, as I've stated before, is the save the monster trope. You have this fat person whom we define as a monster and we're going to save them from themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and they're bringing it yeah, back now. January twenty eighth, and I don't know what they're trying to differentiate, or if it's exactly the same. Do you it's know? not exactly the same. Uh, I was reading an article about it before we I came over, and it's not Bob Harper or Jillian Michaels. Um, oh, really? She's not on it. No, they were interviewing the new host, and they're trying to make it more about um, like it's positive and it's wellness, and it's not a popularity contest. And uh, I think they also are 
like bringing in more like there's more people involved there's doctors i think they're like monitoring their blood work more it's, it's known still, that so many of the people that lost weight on the show it's still called the biggest loser i yeah, mean which that's that's bad enough for me <laughs> yeah i mean so we've witnessed toxic brands like yeah ww formerly weight watchers had to Voldemort themselves because there is such a <laughs> negative connotation with their brand that like, okay, well we have brand recognition, but it's really bad, but we don't want to completely lose the people that we know we can get. So mm-hmm. it's WW. Right. Well, and that's an interesting thing that's happening now is as you know, quote unquote body positivity is becoming more and more mainstream. You have brands that are sort of co-opting that image and taking it over, and that's become another talking point in and of itself. Yeah, and, and what happened there is, you know, this this comes out of something that is really fat liberation. It's really about fat people having the right to exist without being pilloried. Mm. And that kind of morphed into this commercial body positivity, or, or as it's been called, BOPO, <laughs> which is like, you know, oh, you know, I, I'd be happy with your body. But what that is now, because you got to sell people stuff. Right. So what body positivity has turned into is, well, the way you're positive about your body is you care so much about it that you want to lose weight and look great. Uh, and that's what it's morphed into. And that's kind of what Jillian Michaels that's what she's is tapping into. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I'm all about body positivity. And that means you got to look better. Basically. Better meaning not how, not how you look now. People pretty much told her, like, you can't be a excuse my language a anymore <laughs> oh my so you know now you have to tr- call it body positivity but she's still selling the same garbage yeah and it does a great service to the original movement you know there are people who suffer a lot from the prejudice and the bigotry of this anti-fat sentiment right and to just kind of cover it up with lotions and outerwear and call it body positivity is is not the original intent and it dilutes it tremendously and and distracts from the original purpose which is to let people be free in the bodies they have mm-hmm. i remember when dove made that advertising campaign of was <clears throat> a bunch of different women in their underwear where it was genuinely different body types and there were billboards all over it was like eight women every shape you could imagine on there and i remember people seeing themselves in a positive light, like on a billboard for the first time. And that was impressive. How long ago? When was that? The Dove campaign was maybe five years ago. I just feel like it's longer than that. It's been, they've been doing this for a while. And I think they're, they're one of the corporations that I, I I think, you know, deserves a little, uh, a little bit of applause. They are, for example, Unilever is the parent company that owns the brand Dove. And they've done a lot of sponsorship in um, eating disorder uh, organizations. They've given a lot of money to not, not just sort of featured non-skinny models, which, you know, it's easy to take a photograph and put it up and say, you see, we're body positive. But they've actually, they've made some big donations. Okay. Uh, I was at a conference in Canada, the uh, National Eating Disorder Center uh, in Canada, and uh, Dove Unilever was a huge sponsor, huge sponsor of that. Great. So we're talking about the um, the kind of co-opting of body positivity now by brands. So I was, you know, I run the social media for the podcast and I was uh, following uh, some male plus size influencers. Mm. And I see this guy and I, I'm like, oh, he seems like I scrolling through. I let his posts seem really fun. And his latest post is, 
oh, you know, New Year, uh, I signed up for Weight Watchers. And I'm just like, oh, like, mm. real. oh, sorry, WW. Right. And it's just like, really? Like, so somebody asked, because I, I read that thread that you sent out, and somebody asked in a genuine way, there's like, they said, I'm just ignorant of the situation. What's wrong with somebody, you know, losing weight? And uh, the point that came back was, it's there's nothing wrong with losing weight, but if your sort of public image and what you the way that you interact with an audience with a fan base like with a huge number of people is that you are fat just like them you struggle with the same issues just like them knowing that they have certain vulnerabilities and then you start pitching them weight loss products that is exploitive and kind of gross that's well said yeah and uh, i think that's a good way to look at it because ultimately you don't want to shame somebody for losing weight no. i'm not into that no, um, you just don't want them to feel a sense of guilt and obligation and and self-loathing because they think that they have to. When so many people come like, you know, following all these uh, influencers are coming from a place of there is trauma in their past regarding eating disorders, you know, diets, all of that, all of that culture. So this is a space for them to be like, this is, you know, I I want to be like this person. I want to embrace myself in the same way they have but then it's like oh well actually maybe i should lose weight and here's this ww yeah and i think that's the irony and the tragedy of the jillian michael story because she comes from that background of poor body image of abuse and she's turned that into a fortune by passing it along to other people mm. By embracing that as, and how I solved that was, I lost weight and got fit and you can too. In a really messed up way, it's kind of this circle of abuse. Absolutely. Like it's somebody who was given that same treatment, then grows up and starts treating other people the exact same way. And what does it mean when you've monetized the cycle of abuse? Well, that's a whole other level that's of messed fascinating. up. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the biggest things that where I was so offended by the, this influencer being like, holding out his phone with the Weight Watchers app on it. Whatever. It's it's the same garbage. It's the same garbage in a new package. Yeah. Um, you know, get that bread, but it's worth three Weight Watchers points. It's like, how dare you? It's, I, I and people, a lot of people know better, but then there's some that aren't where it's, you know, they're in this vulnerable space and they're like, okay, well, I mean, if he's doing it, you know, he's, it's a betrayal. Yeah. It's a betrayal of trust. I mean, because you're going out there. And I think there's somebody who did do this right, actually. I was reading an article about a woman named Virginia Soul Smith, yeah. who uh, was, a, a, I guess, sort of a personality. She had, I think, 20,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, she's She was 380 pounds. Like, she was all about loving your body and owning your life and very body positive. Um, and she was diagnosed with cancer. And part of the treatment, it was recommended that she have the, was it the bariatric surgery to lose weight? Sure. Um, and I question that. Like, why did she have to have weight loss surgery is, to get treated for cancer? I'm, I'm a little suspicious of that. I, uh, I can speak to that directly. So uh, I had thyroid cancer about eight years ago. And uh, the surgeon I spoke to, like, one of the first ones was like, I'm not going to operate on you. I won't do it. So it was a hostage because, situation. Yeah. Basically, they would not operate on me because of uh, my BMI specifically. Okay. So it's a hostage situation. Um, yeah. So there are doctors out there who with, will withhold treatment because of the risks of putting you under anesthesia. Um, they don't want to damage their records uh, if something like that happens. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can be put into a position where you really don't have a choice. Um, that seems like it's exactly what happened to her. Um, I, yeah. think, I, th- I can't remember. Well, and they, the way they phrase it is, it's not me making this decision. It's science. Right. Well, yeah. sure. And Which what is, are you going to do? AKA God. Yeah. Like you can't argue with the doctor. Well, you can. You can find a different doctor. Right. Well, that's what I mean. But like you feel in, when you're in that position, if, you've just been diagnosed with cancer. Like, well, gonna, again, if you have the, uh, the flexibility for it, like I was, I yeah. was in a HMO. Yeah, there is no other doctor. There is this no is other the doctor. doctor I get. Yeah. yeah. So well, and also in some in some other countries, you know, there's the, the great thing about nationalized healthcare is that it's you know effectively free. You pay for it different ways. But the problem is you don't necessarily have a selection, and the and the organization like in in England, the National Health Service, they're fiercely fiercely against what they call obesity, and they, there's a crackdown on it. So it's not likely that. Your doctor would actually have to fight the whole system. Yeah. Right. So the point that I was making about Virginia was that she had the surgery. She did lose a bunch of weight, but her response to her public, basically the people who follow her, the people who believe in her journey um, was I'm doing this specifically because of the diagnosis and I want to love my body no matter the size. And so should you. And she kept the same messaging. She didn't, you know, for instance, go on and say like, oh, my God, look how great I am now. Like, I hated myself because you hear that, too. Like, mm-hmm. I like influencers who lose the weight and then they come out and say, oh, I hated myself. Like, I didn't, you know, and she's not doing that. Yeah, which is and great. That's huge. I think that's a win. I think that's the way that you should do it mm-hmm. if, if you're in that situation. Well, and there have been some influencers that um, have like kind of secretly had weight loss surgery and then, you know, are visibly losing weight and then eventually come out and say, okay, well, you know, I had the surgery because for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. it, it usually is from like this, the, the reveal of like, oh, actually I wasn't, I wasn't practicing what I'm selling. Right. And for a lot of fat people, the statement of like, oh, I felt so much better after I lost the weight. I felt so much better about myself has a lot to do with, oh my God, people treated me so much better when I was there. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, that's societal. It's hard to, to yeah. fight against that. And it's also hard to pull that apart because how do you feel about yourself is tied into your social network. And one of the things that actually I, I recommend to to people is if all your friends are thin, you're going to feel odd. Yeah, And it's important to be around people of your size, if only because you have some of the same issues, both mechanical, like, oh, yeah, we're not going to that restaurant. They don't have chairs that fit me. And now I'm not going to that restaurant because they don't have chairs that fit us because you've got friends now mm-hmm. and or just people treating you with the respect that you deserve as a human being rather than, oh, well, OK, I guess you can stay. Right. And that that's so one thing I wanted to talk about um, when I was doing the research for the Jillian Michael story and, and reading a lot of the Twitter threads that sort of devolved. Whoa. I mean, it's a it's a whole rabbit hole. And yeah, there. <laughs> So there is, there's the rabbit hole, and then there is the rabbit hole, which, like the dark web. Yeah, which hole. I, in researching stuff myself, I stumbled into dark corners, and I like ended up telling Michael, but it's I don't th- I was like don't go there, just don't don't, and I didn't. I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna say the names because people don't need to see it. It's just um, a horrible place that people on the internet exist. It, it but my point was, um, I was was taking on a lot of stress and anxiety and sort of hurt and indignation and and all of these really negative feelings that were carried with me uh 
doing all of this research by myself. And I think that's the key part was by myself. Because now that we've sat down together and we've talked about it and we haven't resolved anything, but we've at least talked about it in a friendly environment, you have to find your tribe somehow. There's power in community and that's where you're going to find it. That's where you're going to find your personal power when there's other people like you who understand what you're going through. And even if you you know, aren't going to stand up, paint a sign and go march in a parade about it, just having people who understand it, who get it and who... You, you don't have to be in that toxic environment because you can be with your peeps. And that's important for ch chubby chasers too. You know, Don, you just, ex you, you talked about that episode with your dad and he's, you know, talking mm -hmm. about, you know, why do I have to watch ugly fat people on, you know, and by the way, he defines fat and ugly as the same thing. If, if you're the chaser in the room, if you're the kid who likes fat people, you know, it's kind of like, the, it's kind of like when your parents make a gay slur, but they don't know you're gay. Right. It very much is similar for Chubby Chasers where you hear everybody around you talking about how disgusting fat people are and y y there's no way you're going to come out and say, oh, well, that's actually the people I find most attractive. You're not inclined to do that. Yeah. And so what it does is it puts you in another kind of closet and it makes you impersonate people you know, for the taste they have. And the problem with that is even bigger than just personal is that when you do date a fat guy, you're ashamed of it. A lot of chasers are ashamed of their tastes. And where do they learn that? From their parents, like you just described. Yeah. You've described in the past before as a, a chaser's experience uh, is one of having to come out of the closet twice. Absolutely. If you're, gay, if you're gay, it's the second closet. I appreciate that that sounds, that sounds very true to me, but it's also sort of painful as a fat man to think that someone actually has to take a step of bravery to admit having affection we, one, to me. So Dan was uh, in October speaking at Models of Pride, which is a um, LGBTQIAA um, <laughs> event where people come to speak to youth uh, age like, what is it, 15, 15 to, to 22. And then there's a second separate session that I also speak at, which is for their, their parents and advocates. Yes. And teachers and counselors. There and was in his youth session a high school age chaser talking about how he's trying to be open with it with his friends but they're shitting on him and being Absolutely. like oh th like that's disgusting why do you like that and it just my heart ached because he's just trying to be so comfortable with it and he really is okay with it but he can't find people that will just be like oh that's like cool right and he needs to find community because his i mean he might be able to change his friends minds and you know maybe he'll choose to do that but that's that's the uphill road yeah mm -hmm. and, and he's still in high school it's never going to be so easy like, in high school oh. no it's it's a huge peer pressure and and then you add gay on top of that or or gender fluid or whatever whatever the, whatever the person is yeah and it leaks out on you like you say don you 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 feel i don't know how you feel but you feel some way that yeah. a person has to get over that or 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 endure that that road bump or that wall, depending on how big it is for them. It's going to be hard enough to hold a man's hand in public in so many places if the added level of it's not just a man, but it's that man. Well, and what, what gets know. me and, and what I'm really focused on in a lot of my work is getting chasers beyond that because if they don't get beyond that, that bad behavior and that psychological bullshit leaks onto you their date. Mm -hmm. So I have um, th this I don't think would be helpful for the guy that you guys heard talk because he's already out and trying to embrace that despite the hardships. But if you are a closeted chaser, I think in a previous episode, we talked about picking your battles. If you're a fat person trying to sort of train your family to accept you and not not you know give you a bunch of 
you know, crap for being fat. If you're a chaser and people are cracking jokes or whatever, uh, something that I started doing, which I found helpful because I, I sometimes I don't mind being a little confrontational in specific instances is just saying, I'm not laughing at that. I, mm-hmm. You don't have to take the full step and, and come all the way out of the closet if you're not there yet, if you're not comfortable yet. But you can tell people, I don't find that funny. Why are you laughing? Yes, I agree. And it should be said, though, that coming out as whatever, coming out as trans, coming out as a chaser, coming out as gay, that's really what moves the needle. I mean, I get you got to be ready mm. and there has to be an environment for it. But that's what moves the needle. You know, coming out as gay does more than 100 gay pride parades. Just when people who know you know you. I would say I think coming out as gay is a lot easier than coming out as a chaser. Depends on your environment. You know, if you're in Santa Monica and some sort of, you know, if you're in Hollywood where, you know, thin is in. Yeah. Coming out as gay is easy. People will slap you on the back. But coming out as a chaser. Oh, why do you like that? Right. On the other hand, if you're in some part of the South, you know. Coming out liking fat people, no problem. A lot of big people here coming out as gay. What the hell is that? Well, and I'll take it a step further. This is that I I dated somebody who he came out and he was told uh, that's fine as as long as they're not black. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. You know, crap. Like so that. you get crap like that. It's your environment. Yeah, you're right. Like depending on where you are and who you're around, it it, it does occur to me just as as an extra layer to it. Uh, chasers are actually in a unique position of privilege to be able to advocate for fat people in a way that fat people can't do ourselves. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. I remember when I, the Dove campaign came out, there was discussions on it online. I'd say like 60, 75% of the comments were really negative. And when someone tried to push back on them, the response was inevitably, you sound fat. Yeah, because only a disgusting person would, st- would stick up for other disgusting mm-hmm. people. Exactly. No, and, and that's part of what privilege is for. You know, as chasers, most of us have thin, thin privilege. And that's what it's for. It's to stand up. And there's a huge vacuum. And I, you know, when I speak at a lot of conferences, especially more politically active ones, there is the big question in the room is, how come if there's all these chubby chasers, how come they're not involved in more fat activism? Because isn't that their wives? Isn't that their husbands? Why aren't they stepping up to the mic? One of my favorite podcasts, uh, my favorite murder this week, there was a kind of a discussion about like, use your privilege. Absolutely. There is a lot of controversy, especially around um, fat liberation, fat activism about thin people being in the conversation. But, you know, there's people where me speaking about whatever the issue is, where people have a better listening for Dan or for Michael, because well, I'm fat, so you know I what I don't know anything because I can't. I have no self control, and I'm a fat monster. Mm-hmm. And it's just we need or you can't everyone. be objective. Yes, that's what I get. Well, yeah. and, and every civil rights law that goes forward does so with the benefit of someone who has privilege helping, at least helping to sponsor it. That's how it gets done. It doesn't get done just from the people in that group. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, women's suffrage was not passed by a woman. Yeah, by definition. <laughs> by definition. Women ne- did not have the right to vote because they all voted for it. <laughs> I brought a bit. Did you? <laughs> I did. Shall we do my bit? Yes, let's I'm do excited. That. <laughs> I, 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 let's let's do. lighten Please the mood do. a little. This, yeah. lighten the mood. this week, we are going to play a game. Do I need a shot glass? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. All right. So I have brought in four descriptions of four different weight loss products that can be purchased in theory. The twist is only one of them is actually real. 
Each um, of you is going to have to guess after I've told you the four different products. Okay, right. which I'm one ready. is real? Which I mean, one is the real one? If okay. you do know what the real one is, don't tell anyone. Okay. All Let right. me put my 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 analysis cap on. Okay. So okay, I've, I've, it's on. It's on. <laughs> it's fetching. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So the first one, product one, the magic magnet sleep system, was created by a scientist as a way for people to use magnets to lose weight. What wasn't advertised, though, was that the scientist that created it was actually a retired sociologist, but that's not important. All right. So the Magic Magnet Sleep System provided several nutritional supplements that the user would take during the day that contained large doses of iron, zinc, magnesium, and other vital minerals that everybody needs anyway for health, energy, and healing. I'm using air quotes there. At night, the user would wear a cloth foil-lined sleeping cap. <laughs> that contained a wide variety of different types of magnets working at different strengths that were aligned along key points around your head. Users were also asked to wear a matching belt, soft bracelets, and anklets while sleeping. And the system claimed that the minerals the user took during the day would be excited by the magnets and melt fat away during the night while you slept. Uh, side effects, side effects, oh. were, included extreme constipation, and oh, rashes. Wow. What a shock. Oh, my God. So I have to, do we get the era in which these remedies are supposed to exist, too? I am removing the era. Okay, damn. Well, except for one. One is actually, the era is intrinsic. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. That sounds pretty, I believe that one, I will say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Product two. Oh, actually, I, I wrote an era for this one, too. In the 1970s came the inflatable hot pants. <laughs> The Wonder Sauna Hot Pants became the breakout weight loss hit of the 70s, promising that you could huff and puff your way to sweaty slimness while being the height of fashion, losing up to nine inches from around your waist. Uh, the mm. Wonder Sauna Hot Pants worked like this. You inflated the rubber pants, uh, which apparently was part of the workout, and you wore them around the house while cleaning, cooking, spending time with the kids, or just relaxing watching television you would theoretically leave you could theoretically leave the house uh but we i i don't think many well who doesn't love relaxing that. in a pair no, no, of no, no 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 you, you'd, you'd be the height of fashion <laughs> right you of course you have to leave the house you're wearing your own breath in rubber around your crotch <laughs> what uh, could be more natural and so in theory your oh. body would sweat way more than usual losing enormous amounts of weight yeah uh the third product was Slim Sense. Uh, it actually, uh, I, you know what? I lied. I have times time frames for all of these. So, so uh, Sense. Slim Sense. S e n s e. S c e n t s. Oh. Uh, invented in the 1950s, but wasn't sold at mass market until the early 60s, as part of a fad where people were returning to natural solutions for health and healing. Slim Sense was an ointment. Uh, that uh, consumers were told to apply under their nose five to ten minutes before eating meals or snacks. Advertised as an invigorating, all-natural aroma that stimulates energy, suppresses appetite, and promotes emotional balance and well-being, the ointment was advertised as containing nothing but natural ingredients. Uh, while the advertisers described the ointment's smell as being earthy and pungent, like a freshly planted <laughs> garden or the forest after a life-giving rain. So, rot. <laughs> Sales were rather poor. Um, some users described the scent of the ointment as like a burning skunk in a swamp, wet diseased dog, or fecal. 
Okay. <laughs> Which it should be mentioned are also all natural ingredients. <laughs> this is true. See, I know this isn't it because if you're trying to lose weight, you're supposed to move away from the swamp. Yes. <laughs> Science knows that. Yes. The doctors. That's a callback to our first <laughs> yeah. episode. Colored folders prove that. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the last one. The Kellogg strap was invented by anti-masturbation activist John Harvey Kellogg, mm. the man who ran Michigan's Battle Creek Sanitarium, one of the most famous early weight loss clinics in the United States. Which, little tidbit here, if you didn't know, Kellogg's cereal invented to prevent masturbation. Before he went on to invent cornflakes as a cure for masturbation, Kellogg invented a device that was designed to help people curb and control other appetites. <laughs> the Kellogg strap was used in Battle Creek Sanitarium to assist the more difficult weight loss patients that were having difficulty cutting down on their food intake. The device was basically a discreet cloth-lined chain that you wore around your waist. Each link could be pulled through a clasp at the front that would not release the chain until a sanitarium employee removed it before bed at night. Each time the user took a bite of food, they were told to pull one more link through the clasp effectively tightening the chain around themselves each time they ate. This was supposed to help remind the user that food was not their friend, <laughs> causing discomfort and even pain if the user kept eating. That The pain was discontinued after a single year, during which several patients choked when they continued to try to eat uh, much larger than normal mouthfuls of food. See, that one sounds just cruel enough to be true. I'm kind of there too. Mm. On the other hand, it's so hard to believe that any of them are false because... The that's, diet industry yeah. is so nuts. It, it really, most yeah. of them seem very plausible. And that's kind of the point of this. Like only one of these is real. I'm, I promise it's not one of those, Haha, they're all real. <laughs> no, but the whole point of this is like all of these weight loss gimmicks we come up with sound sadistic for the most part or absurd. All right. So Dan, so we what's have your vote? The Magic Magnet Sleep System, the Wonder Sauna Hot Pants, Slim Sense, and we have the Kellogg Strap. I mean, it sounds the worst, but I'm intend to go with Michael. Well, I don't know if you, if you, I don't know if this is your vote, but the Kellogg system, the Kellogg strap, the Kellogg. I, I hesitate to call it a strap when there's change involved, but it sounds just cruel enough to be true. Trevor, I think I am gonna go with the first one, the the magnet one, the only magnet because one? I have, I keep seeing commercials for copper infused gloves and socks when it used to be the copper bands mm. um well that's usually for arthritis or circulation yeah but well then i also just the the like there's the foot pads that draw stuff out yeah. um but i don't know also the slim sense is <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like dnd yeah. which magic do you believe in yeah mm -hmm. um yeah. yeah but slim sense smells like a swamp and you're supposed to move away from the swamp. <laughs> yeah, see that, that can't be. You gotta find the logic, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the first one just because it's the like magnets? The, the most complicated. Okay. So I was torn between the first and the, the last one. And the first one was my guess until we got to- The last one? The cruelty of the last one, which <laughs> I mean, it's sadistically simplistic. I don't know. I kind of feel like the last one, the belt, the chain, whatever it was, a strap. I think that's my vote. Okay. The correct one, the one that is actually still sold today mm -hmm. on oh, no. Amazon. We messed it up. Is the Wonder Sauna Hot Pants. No. <sighs> well, but that's not These fair. Are... There's no fat loss involved. It's just water. <laughs> but they are sold. It is sold as a weight loss product. Well, um, yeah, you'd lose weight. With multiple, uh, multiple uh, various brands. And uh, plenty of user reviews mm. 
And uh, I will send a link to Trevor to put mm. up on our website yeah. where you can go and see the incredibly oh fashionable God. and slimmering inflatable balloon pants that you can wear around the neighborhood. Maybe, maybe we can get a sponsorship so you can get a discount with the a height <laughs> promo fashion. code Big Fat Gay Pod. Yeah. The height of fashion, eh? I, I have to say, I didn't even once consider. I, th- I mean, that one sounded real, but it didn't. Th- the rest of them really felt like. Like I was looking for the cruelty factor. Mm-hmm. All of the, the other ones I came up with based off of various sort of advice that I've gotten over the years. Oh, really? Where does, tell us. So wait, you, you wrote those? Yeah, I wrote them. What is, the, oh, genesis, what is the genesis of the chain-inspired weight loss system? The chain-inspired one was literally tightening your belt before meals. Ah. That was, that was some very old-fashioned device so that you'd feel uncomfortable while sitting and you feel fatter. Uh, mm-hmm. I was given magnet uh, sleep bands mm-hmm. when I was a teenager uh, that were supposed to just make you healthier and better, period. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, the sleep sense. Like, yeah, just wave something unpleasant over your food. Eat things you don't like. I will say essential oils. And I I'm, I apologize to our, any listeners who are into essential oils, but I my I can't stand I, I, I can't stand I don't them. mind if you like things that smell nice, but. Don't claim that they cure diseases, please. <laughs> just, just don't, let's not let's not mix that into it. <laughs> so that is our bit for the week, mm-hmm. and uh, thank you for making those. Don. <laughs> very, very creative there. It very... was surprisingly fun writing that, and I have to say, very difficult to choose. Yeah, <laughs> you got us. Um, and uh, Trevor, do you have a bit this week? Like, uh, I mean, a I, tip? Have a, I have a tip. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, a few people and just kind of like, oh, or you know, like Happy New Year's exchanges, catch ups. Looking into yoga uh, as kind of a like a healthy medium, like uh, body awareness, stretching, stress building thing. And I stumbled upon this product, like a group service um, called Fat Kid Yoga Club. Hmm. Um, It's run by Mark Settembrino. And he does uh, YouTube videos for size inclusive yoga. So he's on YouTube as Fat Kid Yoga Club, but he has a Patreon where you have access to more videos where it's just like different yoga routines, meditation. Now, didn't you stretching. try? Didn't you try something like Bubba Yoga here in in LA? So I went to this thing called Bubba Yoga, which was uh, advertised as all bodies yoga, and it was a bunch of bears. But the instructor like didn't really know what to do with me because I was by far the fattest person there, and there was this one. Uh, maneuver that I physically couldn't do because my belly was too big. And she was like, oh, come on, like you can do it. Like just, and I was like, no, I can't. Like I just. And it's amazing to me. So many personal trainers and instructors are absolutely unconscious of the physical evidence in front of them. Like, can you not see that's not going to work? Like, just look, just look. Um, And I do know there are, there is a, like fat yoga is a thing, um, but it tends to be less common. And also like what I've run into is, it's been like there's this thing kind of up and down the coast that's fat girl yoga and i messaged the woman who ran it to be like oh is it okay like i see you're doing a session in los angeles and i know it's a women but like is it okay if i come because i've been having trouble finding size inclusive yoga and she just like did not respond to me so this is an online yoga course uh it's an online yoga video right it's on youtube yeah and he also does uh it locally in um new orleans and over the summer he's doing like a fat kid yoga club retreat and he does some showing kind of like if you need to be in a chair to do it Mm -hmm. or if you have trouble with balance showing you how to do it with foam blocks to kind of help you give give you some leverage 
And he's just so sweet. And it is just a really great little video series. Um, once again, on the website, I'll link to him. Uh, I'll probably tag him in the post so you can just click on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's great. Very cool. Well, I think that's our, our show this week. Um, hopefully. <laughs> We, I think we're going to try and figure out the mic situation a little bit because we kept bumping the mic. Yeah, but I, otherwise, that was me. A I decent. Was, I was a good boy. We have our. Um, we're doing a Valentine's Day special. We've gotten oh. some questions from Chubs and Chasers about relationship dating stuff. Mm-hmm. But please send them in to yeah, us. Yeah, gay, uh, gay or straight or trans or fluid or wherever wherever you are about relationships. And yeah, between the four of us, we have a lot of different breadths of experience and yeah. could probably speak to a lot of this stuff. Oh, I wanted to, I feel like we, we may have forgotten to say this last time, um, but thank you, everybody who's oh, yeah. been listening. Like, we've been getting some really, Trevor, Ama- I think Amazing messages, uh, reviews, thank you so much, uh, reviews on ep- Apple Podcasts, and uh, now that we're on Stitcher, are really helpful and just kind of... yeah. Uh, algorithm stuff yeah help us get the word out if it's been helping you it's going to help other people and it's also encouraging to see your feedback i mean knowing what you connect to in the show helps us uh do it better so trevor in case people don't know where can they find us online uh we are on twitter and instagram as at big fat gay pod we are on facebook as the big fat gay podcast yep you can go to our website at www.bigfatgaypod.com or email us at bigfatgaypod at gmail.com. And the website is where you can find any pieces of information that we've uh, talked about, like yes. articles. Um, Trevor's going to put up uh, the Fat Kid Yoga Club link as well. Yes, and the uh, the link to the uh, sweat pants. The, the <laughs> oh, yes. The uh, Wonder Sauna Hot Wonder Pants. Sauna hot pants. <laughs> Wonder Sauna Hot Pants. I need to get myself a pair of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too I far know. away. My birthday. Yes. <laughs> My birthday's coming up. They'd be all the rage during your soccer games. Or, we'll or a... Valentine's Day. Ooh. Ooh. My. Oh, I blew something up for you, Michael. <laughs> well, oh, t- that just sounds slippery. Don't if tease you, me now. If you send us a pair, we will uh, make Michael wear them. <laughs> and we'll put a picture pictures. online. Absolutely. Yes. No. We're going to get like 200 pairs of uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a pair on his arm. If we get 200 pairs, we'll put our logo go on them and resell them yes oh no can, can, no just burn them <laughs> shut it down <laughs> please and, and if you're listening in the car there's someone behind you look ah! out <laughs> <laughs>